Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. NFL Live, Jalen Ramsey mixing practice again. We'll update the latest with the All-Pro Corner and when we might expect him back on the field. Melvin Gordon may be back sooner rather than later. The Chargers running back reportedly considering a return to the field. And Patrick Mahomes, as we know, is no mere mortal. The Chiefs quarterback details the art of the no-look pass. We're so happy to have you with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Wendy Nix, Dan Orlovsky, Josina Anderson, Marcus Spears, <laughs> Coach Jack Del Rio. It's like roll call here on this busy Wednesday afternoon. And we continue to monitor the comings and goings of Jalen Ramsey. And today, that includes a trip to the office. Ramsey, though, did not participate in the team's Monday workouts because he was ill, though he did make an appearance. Today, however, the team said he will not practice today because of a back injury. Adam Schefter reporting that it is far-fetched to think he will play in Sunday's game at Denver. Here is head coach Doug Marone. What was the prognosis on Jalen's illness? We'll go back to that first. Monday. What do you mean, uh, uh, prognosis? Did he had a flu. Was he, did he come in? He came in, saw the doctor. Was, was he good? Was he all cleared? He's, he was sick. That's, yeah. But he's good now? Feeling better? From the sickness? Yeah. Yeah. And then when did the, when did the injury pop up? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, he just gets tight, you know. I mean, his back got tight. It's normal. His back has gotten tight before. My back's tight. A couple of guys' backs are tight, you know. A couple of guys have hamstrings. I mean, everyone gets um, gets the stuff. I don't like to talk about, you know, talk for players. But one thing I don't have a problem saying about Jalen is that he loves football. Loves football. So if he has the ability to play, um, I'd be, you know, I'd be on the understanding that he will play. I mean, the guy loves football and he loves his teammates. Well, again, I think it's fair to say it's a standoff of sorts. Jalen Ramsey continues to want to move on. He'd like to be traded. The team right now, anyway, doesn't seem to be uh, active, all that active in doing so. Coach, uh, if you're the coach and you have to make a decision about Ramsey on the field, and I know it probably goes higher than that, but what do you do? How do you handle this week play in particular? You play him. <laughs> of course you do. I'm going to give you a Denny Greenism. okay? There's a time for pay and there's a time for play. <laughs> all right, it's time to play. All right, so I know there's this contract thing. I'm not sure why they haven't paid him to this point, but this, this is a good football player. You watched him on Thursday night and the Jags defense, the way they played. All right, Jalen Ramsey will show up, and they'll, he'll help them play well in Denver. Well, there's no coach, I, I would guess, on the planet that wouldn't want him a part of their team, JoJo, because he is so effective. The problem with the time to play is that the team missed the time to pay, and therefore here, here's where we are. Uh, what is your understanding of where Jalen Ramsey stands right now? Well, they can pay him at any time. He's under contract. They can give him an extension if they want to. Um, that hasn't happened. Uh, yesterday I heard that he was not going to um, – practice but he would be at the facility and so the situation is the same in terms of him not wanting to necessarily be here and thus the trade demand uh 
continues. I think it's really interesting, though, to listen to Doug Marone in that press conference and to think from the perspective of what would Jalen Ramsey think listening to him, you know, kind of laughing like that when he, you know, talking about the illness and all those other things. And the thing that was just striking me is that, you know, I don't particularly think it's a laughing matter to Jalen Ramsey right now. And when you're in a situation with the team where you're trying to, um, you know, assuage the player to, to participate, yes, he's under contract, but you also need him to play. That's the whole point of not giving him away to other teams. Because let me tell you, I had two teams calling me this morning when they saw my report last night coming into this morning asking me what the deal was because they're chomping at the bit to try to get him, want him. So, and he doesn't, uh, for everything that I understand, want to be in Jacksonville. So just looking at that clip right now, I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I agree. agree. Yeah, I agree with Josina. When I saw Coach Marone talking, you know, when he talked about the illness, he kind of laughed at the end. And then he talked about the back. Well, I've got a back too and whatnot. And he did say that Jalen loves to play football. And if he can play, he'll play. And so there's that little bit. Listen, coaches aren't dumb. They, they talk to players and not only individually, but their teams through the media. Uh, but I go back and just thinking about what the locker room could be potentially thinking because – you know, Jalen has obviously made it clear that, yes, he loves football and whatnot, but he doesn't really want to play football in Jacksonville, hence the, the trade request. And there's 50-so other guys in that locker room that will never be in Jalen Ramsey's shoes because they're not good enough. They're just never going to have the leverage that he has as a player, the potential to go to their organization and go, hey, I'm, unless you guys pay me, I don't want to play or be here anymore. And so some guys at some point might start to think, you're putting yourself in front of the team now. And, and, and if one week becomes two, it becomes three. So it's just a dangerous dynamic in the locker room right now. It is a dangerous dynamic, having said that. I mean, he played on Thursday night, and I think by all accounts, we could agree, played well. Oh, yeah. Now, if he continues to do that, it's hard to argue that he's putting himself above the team because clearly he's risking yeah. injury. Well, the longer we'll we, the longer we see this play out, we'll continue to see very uncomfortable interviews by Doug Marone. I don't know if you all are basketball fans or keep up with basketball news. This is identical to uh, Anthony Davis and Alvin Gentry. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we he's still under contract here. He's here. Now Jalen and his team are probably trying to figure out ways to preserve him until they can get him out of here. And and that's really what it is. I mean, I, w- I would like to talk about he should play coach and every- how everybody feels. But like I said, once you request a trade, you are past the boiling point. Right. This is not something that's manifested just in an emergency situation because he had a blow up with Doug Marone. When you go in and ask a team that you are under contract with that you want to be out of here, it's almost not able to get fixed. We saw I, I go back on, to it depends basketball. on the team. Not everybody will bend to that. You've you've made that point that he's too good of a player and he's too important to this team for them to move on. So in your estimation, you say make it work. Go in, have that conversation. To do that, probably going to take more than a conversation. Could you you fix this? Yeah, I think you can. you got to pay him. At some point, point you have to pay him. And and the market's not going down. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about a a top-tier player. That wants to get paid. But the problem is Jalen Ramsey and his reps know he's going to get paid by someone. So if he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville, he's not going to be in Jacksonville. There's going to be 31 other teams that are going to go, yeah, we will pay him. And so that's the the bad spot that the Jags as a team are in 
because Jalen knows how great of a player he is, and so do his reps. And that's why this, you know, kind of stretching it out and going on like this, it can become nonsensical, right? Because as you underline, he's already made it known he does not want to be there. And I'm telling you that nothing has changed with that stance. And you're talking about, well, just go talk to him. And that you're absolutely right. Can work in certain circumstances or what have you. Remains to be seen if something can be assuaged here. I don't necessarily think that is that is that's the case at this time because – you still have to get him to play. Just, you can tell him to play, but it can still be my neck, my back. <laughs> I can't right. play. And you don't know what's you know, inside somebody's and, body. Right, and, and whether that's the, you know, how much that's the case or what have you, Jalen knows. I'm certainly not going to be the one to undermine that here. Um, but, but, I, but, I, but I still go back to Doug Marone's reaction in that press conference. I think if you really pay attention to that, that's telling you everything you need to know about his relationship yeah. with Jalen right now, laughing it off. Like I, I think it's fair forward, to say it didn't need, help. Yeah, he need, going forward, he needs to say, I'm not talking about this situation. Right. right. And like, I'm not talking about players who aren't here. Yeah, just That's be it. done. We move on. Just be done with it. All right, speaking of players who aren't there, but perhaps soon could be, according to our Adam Schefter, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon could soon be moving up his reporting date. Uh, stressing, though, that no final decision has been made. Gordon had previously planned to return at some point in October. And remember... He must report no later than November 29th in order to play this season and accrue the credit for the year, which means he become a free agent. So, JoJo, uh, where do you think Gordon stands with regards to making a final decision on this? Well, I updated that report an hour ago. He will be reporting earlier. Previously, he was thinking about coming to Tuesday after Week 10 just to make sure he accrued this season. Um, and as I also reported, things have changed. Uh, Melvin Gordon now realizes that his best way to illustrate his value is to be actually on the field, particularly when the, the depth on the team, that being Austin Eckler and those guys, continue to produce and do well. Now, the circumstance could have changed if someone would have gotten hurt or what have you. Maybe that would have illuminated his value even more in his absence. To this point, that has not happened. And, of course, there are also fines accruing every week, you know, by not also being there. So the question now is, when will he show up? Um, according to my communication with the team within an hour ago, they didn't specifically know themselves. Uh, my understanding is that Gordon just wants to show up and try to have as little known to when that will be and try to make that as you know, simple as possible, if that's even possible. How much more uncomfortable does it become as a holdout when – the production is there from someone else. I mean, that can't, that cannot be easy because this is one of the first of recent holdouts that really didn't work in the players' well, Especially at that position, right? Yeah. I mean, because we've seen that that position can be replaced by different aspects of production, two, three guys. So I don't know if it's necessarily their production that has forced his hand. I think some guys just love football and they want to go be part of football and be part of their football team. And they understand that they're good players and that they want to go out and be on the field and go produce and maybe regain some of their leverage or some of their value back. He's also watched Ezekiel Elliott get his deal done and go, well, he, he, he kind of got what he wanted. What's the best way for me to get what I want? And maybe the Chargers have said, listen, Melvin, until you come back, we're, there's not going to be any form of negotiation, whether it's a trade or a potential contract. I will say this, with him coming back, this is new life to a team that kind of needs it. This is a little bit of a – when they're walking in the locker room over the next couple days, as Chargers are, those players are feeling a little bit more juiced, right, because they got one of their best players coming back. And so there's impact to him coming back. His signal, right, is different than the one that we got with, uh, with Zeke. Right. Zeke. Zeke was told, you're the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, right. it's like a <laughs> yeah, whole, right. whole different feel for what Melvin got. Melvin got, okay, we're going to carry on without you. Good luck. 
Yeah, that, no, so, I mean, really, that, that's, that's what he exactly got. So he needs to get back instances. and play and be the player that he is. And, and I think that's the best way for him. He doesn't have the leverage. He does not have the upper right. hand right now. Yeah, he's returning because he lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> like you, you go into a battle with teams with, like Jalen Ramsey asking for a trade, Zeke Elliott telling them I'm not showing up until we get a deal done. When you show up, you realize that this is my only formidable way in order to try to increase value. So I agree with that point. But you tried to force your way right. into increasing that value, and the team was like, nah, bro, we're not built like that. Well, and the Cowboys built it mm-hmm. for Zeke. Right. That's a different situation. You have to understand who you are before you decide to put your team on front street. We, we've said you, there has to be an incredible amount, JoJo, of self-awareness in these situations. You well, better know. Again, a couple of things, too, just for context there. You know, with Melvin Gordon's situation, he's eligible to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, whereas Ezekiel had the two years left. So Melvin's concern was coming back and also getting hurt and not having the long-term security on the other side of it, too. So in some ways, my understanding is that he feels like by missing some of those games, he also didn't get hurt in, in some of those games, obviously, and still, at least for now, has protected his long term on the other side in that way, similar to Le'Veon, not obviously similar to Le'Veon by holding out the whole year. So I understand that point. And then lastly, you know, with Melvin Gordon, you know, you were talking about the difference with Ezekiel Elliott and all those other things. This is a guy who still feels like, hey, you know, I'm a thousand yard back. (laughs) I can still produce when I'm on the on the field and I want to get back and show people that as well. Again, the expectation is that we will see Melvin Gordon this week. Well, how about this? In a battle of undefeated teams, the Patriots head to Buffalo to take on the Bills at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. The fifth matchup between 3-0 and teams are better for Brady and Bill Belichick. Here is Mike Reese in Foxborough. Wendy, an absolutely beautiful day here at Gillette Stadium. And the forecast also promising for the Patriots on the injury front. The team is practicing as we speak. And wide receiver Julian Edelman was there for the media access portion of practice. He's an easy one to spot. He wears that bright yellow shirt under his practice jersey. That goes back to his Kent State days. And Edelman had been knocked out of Sunday's win over the Jets late in the second quarter with that right rib injury. We don't know how much he's participating in this practice today. We'll learn that later when the Patriots have to submit their injury report. But the fact he was on the field at all, a promising development for the Patriots as they prepare for the Bills. Wendy, back to you. Mike, thank you. The matchup, a battle of top five defenses in the league. The Patriots have yet to allow a scrimmage touchdown through their first three games Mm. of the season. They are holding opposing offenses to just 199 yards per game. On the flip side, the Bills have already forced seven turnovers, tied for second most in the league. Look, it's a great matchup. They're two 3-0 teams. All of that is true. I'm just going to put it like this. What has to go absolutely perfectly right for the Bills to come away with the win here? Listen, it's not out, as outrageous of a, of a matchup it as is we not. think by name recognition. The Bills have a really good defense, right? They do a nice job of disguising coverages, and their blitz package is good. they got to do one thing on defense, tackle really well. they got to tackle out in space incredibly well because New England's offensive line is, is, is not performed up to our standard or their standard this year, and the Bills have a fantastic defensive line that will shut down the run for the most part and then be able to rush the quarterback. And I would say this for the Bills' offense – they need to get into big boy, two, three tight end formations and pound the football. Run the football really well. If you go back to last week's game for the Jets, they didn't do anything well for the most part. <laughs> but they did get into two, three tight end sets and run. Because if you try to spread them out, New England, and throw the ball on them, you have no shot. They're too good. So pound the football. 
Josh Allen, two or three times on third down, needs to make plays with his feet. Which not, he can do. But not just first downs. Like, chunk, 30, 40-yard runs. <laughs> he needs you to Because they'll go be playing so much man coverage. Far. If they do that, they'll get this game to the fourth quarter. For sure. I, I believe it. I, I mean, that, that all makes sense, Marcus, given what we've seen. I know you're shaking your head, and I understand why. I, here's the thing, right? It, and we've seen it time and time again in the NFL. You can become... For, for Buffalo's defense, you can become strictly motivated to just make a stand, right? And they have the guys to do it. I think that's where the confidence is coming from. This offense ain't breaking no records or anything. You're talking with, about Buffalo. With, yeah, with yeah, Buffalo's Buffalo. offense. And based on what we've seen with New England, it just – I don't see light for them offensively. So, to me, Wendy, it's hidden plays in special teams – it's some turnovers by this defense and possibly scoring. Score on the, oh, yeah, come on, the guys. football. It's do what you do, Buffalo. Do your thing. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Bill's Mafia is going to be rocking that oh, place, yeah. okay? No, Are I, you kidding I, I me? I think defensive scores now, might be a better here. solution now, hold here. Now, hold on. Do we, all, do we know that in the McDermott era that, that Tom Brady has more interceptions than touchdowns? Okay. Do we know that? Okay. okay. I like that. Four, all right, four interceptions. Three no. touchdowns, all right, in their four meetings, okay? So don't, don't sleep on the Bills now. They've, they've spent this offseason strengthening the trenches. This game is going to come down to the trenches. Now, you know, Tom always likes to pull things out at the end, but well, I'm just saying this is going to be a good football game. Bills Mafia will be ready I to doubt that. I, I, doubt, I, I don't doubt you at all that it will be a good football game. Well, see, they're not, not going to try and be perfect. They're just going to be themselves yeah. and do what they do. Well, that's, that's the issue, though. You talk about getting the game to the fourth quarter, which I agree with you the Bills can certainly do, especially with that defense. The problem is there's really no better fourth quarter quarterback in the history of the land than Tom Brady. But the young kid, Josh Allen, that's his thing right now. It's Good. Like, get He'll the be- game to the fourth quarter, and he's so big, and he's so athletic that he makes some plays in the fourth quarter. He's almost that quarterback that, like, in the fourth quarter, he does something and it leaves his hands, and you go, no, 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 and you're like, oh yeah, that looked, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's that was one of those. That was sweet. So if they Pro- can get this game it. to the fourth quarter, you're yeah, sure. Pound the rock, pound sure. the rock, big chunk. I hope it doesn't come down to a two-minute drive because I don't think there's a better secondary right now than the I agree. Patriots. Yeah, yeah, it, well, it's come on, we're selling some hope not. here. Sell, okay. sell hope, right? y'all sell hope. That's New England Patriots. We're selling hope. We're selling a good game. All right, stay with us. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy GEICO week. Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. Uh, listen, it's incredible. He's so much fun to watch. But let's also let's also say this: that that offense is doing some pretty innovative things. They too sort of give us things we didn't expect or see coming. They continue to push the envelope, and it's really stuff that you've never seen before as a, as a defense or a coaching staff that you go, I don't I don't know what? if this is right. Look at this play. Andy Reid comes out in an empty formation, right? Five guys out of backfield. There's a defense who's thinking. Uh, probably not. No question. They can't give us a play-action pass. Well, he speed sweeps Shady McCoy, then brings McCole Hardman from the other side. Look at these defenders because of the, the, the displacement from an empty set, forcing a play-action pass. That frees up the middle. Remember, Shady McCoy came from the right, and then McCole Hardman comes from the left. And then Mahomes hides the ball like a globetrotter underneath his butt. And now as the defense, they have no idea who has the football, 
nor where oh, the football is. is. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a 15-yard completion. Right. Now he has it. You now came out it. in an empty set mm-hmm. where no, no doubt or no thought of play-action pass could be a part of his offense and somehow got a two-way split-flow play-action pass. It's just incredibly creative and innovative. Early season, Andy Reid. You know, what's, you, you know what's amazing about Pat Mahomes? Like, all of the stuff we talk about, the no-look passes, his ability to do that. I think the rarity that Pat Mahomes has over most quarterbacks at that age, the game is going so slow to him. Such like a great he, point. He, he, is, he is looking at something that's just moving. In. Like, I remember being a rookie, and my first play felt like I blinked. Yeah. And it was over. Like, a dude had made a tackle, got up, we was back in the huddle, and I'm like, <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> Pat Mahomes. You weren't playing quarterback. And I wasn't playing quarterback. <laughs> I mean, the way that this guy plays the position, it's almost like, man, this stuff is just – it's so slow to me. Yeah. And that's when you know players are great. I'll never forget, uh, uh, before we go, DeMarcus Ware told me one time in practice, right, he said, big fella, I'm, I'm, he balling now. He on like sack 16 of the year. He said, man, by the time the ball is snapped – I already know what the quarterback doing. And I'm like, what? I was probably playing quarterback. What are you talking about? <laughs> he was like, by the time the ball snap, I already know if he going to try to step up in the pocket, if he going to roll out, and I'm not even paying attention to the tackle. I was like, D-Ware, you don't look at the tackle when you rush in the passing? He like, nah, I know what the quarterback doing. Yeah, yeah, because so, it was so slow. Well, he was uh, special. So. Yeah, as is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> we can agree on that. Listen, but let's not not give Matthew Stafford the due, at least in terms of ability. He's got a big arm, too, and can and is capable of making some pretty uh, innovative or explosive plays of his own. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But A little bit of the gunslinger is back for Matthew yep. Stafford, and some of the arm angles that we see Mahomes do, Matthew Stafford was the originator in many ways. But third down is where he's excelling right now. Third down, the Lions put four receivers to one side of the field as a quarterback. Now, if you're going to come after me or play man, you got to tell me. And so three safeties have to go from one side of the field to the other. Okay, then I think man-to-man coverage, i got to think of a Marvin Jones type of crosser route. And also be aware that if one of those guys comes, I've got to be hot. This ball's got to come out of my hand. So Stafford sees Sandejo come in this pocket that's going to get close. Drift away a little bit and think that I've got to get this ball out with anticipation and enough air for Marvin Jones to run underneath it. But you talk about arm angles. This is sidearm shortstop turning two. We see Mahomes doing that now. Another third down. We go bunch to the top. The Eagles want to play man and in and out those receivers with those second-level DBs. But watch the release between Marvin Jones and Amendola where they get on top of each other like in the contrails of smoke. That stack causes confusion from those DBs. And they get the point of break on that route, and those DBs no longer can in and out because of that stack. Ball comes out of Stafford's hands early enough where Amendola can toe-drag swag on the sidelines, but it's that third down anticipation. Yep, 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 yep. What? yep. What? That was good stuff. Thank you. That was- <laughs> that third can down you, Can you roll that tape back, though? Roll that tape back. The big man out of his seat and yeah. on his feet. Oh, like roll that tape back. He knows these breakdowns get me going, though. They, I mean, I, I, so let me add a little bit here. Look at that. Look at that trips bunch up top, okay? Now, they're pressing the point. They're in and out with the other two uh-huh. guys. Uh-huh. All right, one and three, okay? That double-breaking out route yep. is almost impossible to stop. And look when the ball's through. The ball's out. Sta- so, defensively, how do you stop that? Yeah. Double-break, out-break, when you have in-and-out coverage, is very difficult by itself. The timing of that throw made it special. Because no one there's, – there's no one going in, right? You have two out-breakers off exactly. of that stack right there. It's – 
to a defense, it's almost uncoverable when you have a quarterback that cuts it as, as early as Stafford did. Exactly. It's amazing. They brought pressure to and voided the middle of the field, which makes it even tougher with a defender being out of that yeah. equation. You want to you want to give a going away I mean, standing up? Man, that was amazing. All right. <laughs> look, man. Listen, look, you already you got one. It's a good time, day. Brother. You break them things down, man. I, if I could break my talk down to my wife like that, we'll be very <laughs> All right, listen, that's a whole different show. Well, it's been anything but smooth sailing in Washington. Jay Gruden's Redskins off to an 0-3 start, all three of which featured a defense that allowed 30-plus points. And then there's the quarterback. Case Keenum finished the Monday night loss to the Bears with five turnovers, three interceptions, and two fumbles. Jay Gruden had this to say about Dwayne Haskins on a conference call today. Because clearly the head coach was asked about a quarterback change. That's what happens when you're 0-3. He said Dwayne is still coming along. He's young. He'll get his time. He'll get his chance. But not yet. Is it time, Marcus? Yeah, it is. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I talked about it before the season. I don't know what you have to lose. Jay Gruden wasn't wa- really walking in to a situation where he's had a lot of success anyway, right? You draft a quarterback that high. Now, I understand that from coach speak, talking about the guy might not be ready. And then when you look at the game, a lot of that wasn't on, on Case Keenan. Defense give up three touchdowns to Taylor Gabriel. Like, cover him <laughs> at minimum. Cover him. And then, obviously, what Khalil Mack was able to do in the game, causing turnovers on Case Keenum. But with that being said, I just don't see what Washington has to lose. They've kind of been this meandering franchise without really an identity in any player, uh, and, and Haskins may provide that at the minimum. Unless they feel like they could lose the young quarterback. I mean, that would be your only argument. I, well, I that would guess. be the, the fear. I right. say this all the time. More young quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined than they are made, and they're ruined because of the mishandling. I know coming off of Monday night's game, the reaction is like, play Dwayne Haskins, right? Like, But you can't say, well, it worked for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had 36 starts at Duke, and he was – you're used to kind of uh, losing some football games. This kid started 14 games last year at Ohio State, and they were really good. This Washington Redskins team is not, and they're deprived of talent right now. Now, Terry McLaurin's playing well, but they don't have their Pro Bowl left tackle playing, and their tight end is not playing. So they don't have a lot of pieces around him, and he's not going to play corner for them or linebacker for them to help that defense play well. So, I would say if you're going to make a move from Case, it should be to Colt McCoy because I don't want the pressure of Dwayne Haskins having to learn NFL offenses and learn NFL defenses and learn a new city with the burden of having to win football games as well. That's how you ruin these kids. I think that's a fair point, but do you ride and die, Coach, until Colt McCoy is healthy, if that's the case? No. I mean, no, I wouldn't. I mean, to me, the – if Case Keenum plays like he did in the first two games, I'm fine with yeah. it. I think it's a solid decision. you, you got to hope you're able to run the ball a little bit. They're only rushing for 2.8 yards of carry. That's not getting it done. No. Defensively, they need to get more stops. I mean, 30 points given up in the first three games, that's the biggest problem other than if you, if you can't run the ball and you don't have a great quarterback, I mean, you have to play good defense or you don't have a chance. I think it's important, too. It was the Chicago Bears. You know, like they're not, they're not playing the Bears five, every single week. Five I get turnovers. that. I get you that. You can't have five turnovers. Uh, totally. But to, to press the panic button at the quarterback position right now wouldn't be fair. See, and I, think that, I think that – go go. I, I, I just don't – I don't see it as them pressing the panic button. I just see 
them trying to pull themselves out of just total mediocrity mm -hmm. and not having an identity or even a or even giving the fans of Washington an idea or a picture of where we're trying to go. That's that's my only issue. And I don't know if you subject Dwayne to that because you're trying to prove that and establish that to everybody else. But at least he would give this franchise an identity as far as we got a young quarterback that we're going to try to build around. Jojo, how much of this responsibility or this um, lack of productivity falls on the shoulders of Jay Gruden? Well, I think, you know, it's an interesting discussion because people are calling for uh, Jay Gruden's job and, and whether he should still be coaching. The interesting thing is that his record is 35 and 44 over the last five seasons coming into this season. But interestingly, over the last two seasons, the Redskins have actually won 14 games, whereas the Giants have only won eight. And so what's the difference between the Giants, between the Giants this Sunday versus the Redskins is that the narrative is different because the, the optimism around the quarterback position is different. Remember, people forget the Redskins were six in three last year before the whole quarterback situation cratered with who they were playing and not playing. The, you know, so the, the question is, is it really fair to call for Jay Gordon's job? And then just to go back to Dwayne Haskins, I think what we're talking about is the word juice and whether Dwayne Haskins just gives them juice because just if for example, they lose against the Redskins. The next opponent is the Patriots. Then you're looking at 0-4 with the Patriots next. Then are you still going there saying, oh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. Now, granted, I understand his play. You're like, if he just plays the way that he did in the first two games, he had no interceptions. All his interceptions have came in that third game. But the result was still a loss. So, yes, on one hand, you have less of uh, experience coming from Dwayne Haskins, but there's also something called juice that ignites the team. And I remember when Jalen Ramsey remember talking about that last year and just talking about how and just the play of the quarterback was having a domino effect on the other units. So you're talking about, oh, well, talk, the defense has to step up and this has to step up. Well, maybe that spark comes, you know, with a change when, you know, looking at the That's schedule. What happened in New York. Yep. Giant work. Let spark. me throw this out there, too, and you might know a little bit doing this, Joe. The, the Redskins still, I, I, they got to regret losing out Greg Vay, who was in their building, right, as a build caller, a young offensive mind, and now was mocking wonders in L.A. Well, I think they got another young offensive they got mind and Kevin O'Connell in the building. And so there's a dynamic as well of, well, we like our coach, but we also really like this off off like coordinator who pairs perfectly with perfect Haskins because of their Chip Kelly ties and the Willie Twain learned under Ryan Day at Ohio State. Is there a conversation of Kevin O'Connell being the guy that the organization sees as the long term? Well, prior to the game, I had people calling game saying that, you know, if they lose, you know, they lose or what have you, you know, watch to see what happens with you, what he would like anything is happening so far coming into Sunday. Um, but I think it's really interesting I think, to ask that question. I think on the other hand, I think, on, you know, is it fair, particularly when, particularly when no one's calling this for Pat Shermer's job? And he had Pat Shermer wins, then Jay Gruden, and in and, and the last year, or, you know, the year before, or, you know, it was just Pat Shermer's second and, year. And, and, and I was about to say New York made that. New York hired a guy after they, after he said Eli down, get Pat Shermer, get Pat Shermer came. I would say, I would say biggest, the biggest, the beast, beast, Gruden, Gruden, is just, is just you identify, you identify team, team. The record up, the record up, obviously not, obviously not good. And he's, and he's having moments, but sometimes, sometimes, they have, they have, look, look this way. You know, this way. You know, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, it's like, look, it's like, look, a mass, a mass, all picks, picks, and to try to get, to try to get good. Now, people, now, people, and, and, 
and in the conversation but point jojo point jojo but deal you deal you they're doing they're doing feel like the real like the rest haven't like haven't like commit anything anything this real quick i just real quick i think william situation william situation to be figured out be figured out he he stay away stay away tribute to this tribute to this he would rather he would rather then then contribute so exercise so it sucks to be like to be like this is not coming this is not coming back resource resources but the team when if when when at home and you're not getting anything home and you're like of all directions i did not think we'd end up in praising the dolphins in that discussion i don't know where that came from but i like it but i like it find that's their plan that's it do it we shall see what happens going forward in washington the nfc player of the week daniel jones heads home taking the 0-3 redskins on sunday the giants without saquon barkley for the foreseeable future, that could be a good thing for Daniel Jones. 15 for 24 with 253 yards without him. Here's Pat Shermer. As you know, Saquon's going to be out for an extended period here. He's getting a second opinion on his ankle. Most of the information you already know, I'm not breaking anything. I think it's, it's hard to see by his demeanor if, if he's not confident about anything. And I think that's... That was um, that was what was great and on display last week was his toughness and his poise, you know. And I think those are things that we saw ahead of last week's game, and you just got to build on it. I mean, I thought we uh, we played well, you know. Overall, we did enough to enough to win, and, and certainly feel good about that. But um, you know, as a team, and, and certainly uh, you know myself, felt like there were a number of plays that uh, we could have we could have done better, and, and uh, you know maybe made it a little bit. A little bit easier on ourselves, and, and we'll certainly look to, to work on those things. But um, you know, always easier to do that when you win. Well, Jordan Renan joins us now. He's right. It's a lot easier when you win. Certainly, a lot easier than it was in April when he heard his name called at the draft. How's Daniel Joe's handling all this extra attention, Jordan? Yeah, Wendy. I mean, exactly how the Giants expected Pat Shermer even scoffed at the idea that maybe he was going to get a big head a little bit after this kind of performance. Now, I asked Daniel Jones what he can improve on and what he saw first when he actually watched himself play. And you know what he says? I can do better. There are things I can fix. There are things I can I can actually improve on going forward off that, just specifically off that performance. And that's pretty good. Four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, and the game-winning touchdown in the final two minutes in your first performance is pretty good. But you know what? It's this kind of approach that really is partly why the Giants liked him and preferred him to the guy that's going to be on the other side of the field this week in Dwayne Haskins. Now, I asked Daniel Jones about that as well. I said, do you have anything that you want to prove that you're the best quarterback? And again, he just brushed that off. He said, look, I'm worrying about doing the best I can. And number one to him, number one thing to him in improving is protecting the football. That's what he brought up to me and said that that's what he needs to do better in order to improve on that performance. He's going to try and do it again this week against the Washington Redskins. One last thing I got to add. I asked him about the nickname Danny Dimes, which is blowing up, right? Everyone's calling him Danny Dimes. I talked to guys in the locker room. They're using it as well at times. He said, I'm okay with it, but he knows it's something he's going to have to learn to deal with. Jordan, thank you. There, look, there are worse problems to have. Although I feel like you got to play. I, there should be some kind of rule, like a four-game minimum before you get a nickname. You know, I, I don't know, but apparently not. No one asked me. Uh, listen, in case you missed it, Jalen Ramsey did not practice again today. He missed.
earlier in the week, earlier in the week, was ill, was ill. Today, the reason, today, the back, type, back, or back, sorts, Adam Sheff, sorts, I think, uh, it's thing to think he will push to think Sunday, Sunday. Here's Doug Marone. Here's Doug. Diagnosis, on no illness, illness, that person, that person. Monday, Monday. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Co- Co- Coach, you have evaluated a lot more defensive players than I have in my lifetime. Uh-huh. But it ain't no way in hell. I'm going to let you <laughs> Where put you going? a ladder more up here. Are you taking one. You're taking well, he doesn't even get out. to be on the board. I'm, I'm going to literally put the only bright spot on the team for the Miami Dolphins, and that's Xavier Howard, for sure. Well, he got Tr- paid. That's for Tr- sure. Tredavious at four. I agree with that. Two picks last week came up big. Okay. Kind of caught one to seal it. I'm going to take Jalen off. I'm going to take Darius off. Jalen's off. And I'm going to put. I think he's probably coming back. And I'm going to put Darius at three. All right. Okay. I got to figure out what he is with his injury right now. He pulled up a little bit after making a great play. And I'm going to put Jalen Ramsey at two. Okay. And I'm going to leave Stefan. Coach, I agree with right. a lot of what you put. I, I replaced Xavier for Marshawn. Yep. And I moved Slay and Ramsey. Now. You're trying the, to give the Dolphins some love. I get I'm, I'm giving the Dolphins some love. All right. This dude right here, though. I don't know if you can play the position better than what he's playing now, it right t- now. You, you've obviously both agreed, so tell me why. Why can you not play it better than Gilmore does? Number one is 
they play man-to-man a lot this year, which is very unconventional when you think about what Bill Belichick has done in the past because he's always had to protect against a pass rush. But with Van Noy up there, with Dietrich Wise up there, now Stephon Gilmore is being asked to play a lot of man-to-man. And when you intercept the football playing man-to-man and when you don't give up catches and you are one-on-one, I don't think people realize I really didn't have an appreciation for how hard it was to play that position until I saw some of the guys do it that I had to had the opportunity to play with. But for him to be locking people down man-to-man with no help over the top, it's unreal. Raw skill, okay, that has been developing. It has been developing. And guess where he was? Raw, raw ability, and the skill is developing. I'm just telling you, he has really turned himself into one of the elite players in the in the National Football League. Now, if you was to ask who will we take first, be that guy. No. Wait. No, no, wait, that doesn't no, make any no, sense. No, I'm talking about if you said I got, I'm giving you all of these corners. Without the stats this year, right now this year he's playing the best. Without any of that, and I said you get one yeah, corner that you got to draft. He's sitting on the fence. You got to get off the fence. Yeah, you he get, really is. Huh? You that's... get one player, you gonna draft. <laughs> What's the guy up here? You gonna? Who are take? you taking? You taking Gilmore, right? Taking Gilmore. Go yeah, get out of here! Get out of here! We just ranked him. We just ranked him. Told you this year. I'm talking about yeah, the player coming out of college. I'm going to switch him taking him one. I'm going to switch him for you. Thanks, Coach. All right, listen. More on, that's a, that's a, it better be a sturdy fence you're sitting on. I got to get more on NFL Live. Week four kicks off Thursday night football. 3-0 Packers host the Eagles at 8-20 Eastern Green Bay. 3-0 for the first time. It's been in large part due to their defense. Their eight takeaways lead the league. The Packers' offense has yet to really find its stride. In the first quarter, they have scored 21 points and averaged 2.6 points per drive. But from then on, they start to struggle. They have only scored four offensive touchdowns from the second quarter on, and their 1.2 points per drive ranked 30th in the league. It is not often when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback that you're talking about a team driven by defense. He wants to switch that narrative change things and have this offense do his part, as you heard. Uh, what what have you seen with this well, group? Right now they're struggling to make the counterpunch, the in-game adjustment, but they've shown the ability to do it once. They just need to do it more. The point to make is here, second quarter, 12 minutes on the clock, and what the, 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 the Packers are going to have here is a basic run. That fullback is going to weak lead onto that linebacker, and this receiver is going to block that safety, okay, and the back is going to lead up and follow that run. Now, I want to point out two people on this defense that are going to be important to that play because once these defenders see run, I want you to watch them flow towards that run action, how quickly they blow up that play, okay? That's in the second quarter at 12 minutes. So Matt LaFleur watches that play and goes, okay, I need to make an in-game adjustment. You guys just blew up that play. I'm going to give you the very similar formation. Third quarter, 13 minutes left, so about two drives after that initial one. Remember that fullback that led up on that linebacker on the first time? Well, instead of leading up on the linebacker, what he's going to do is go send him to the linebacker, kind of bluff him, and send him down the sidelines. And you're still going to have that tailback lead up with the run. I want to highlight those two defenders that blew up that initial play. That DB down there and that weak linebacker that has to go fit that fullback. They're once again going to flow downhill towards the run fake. Watch these guys flow downhill towards the run fake. That linebacker initially had vision on the back because he's thinking, I got to go fit that run that I just saw. But remember, they are going to take this back 
and leak him all that fullback all the way downfield. And it's an easy pitch and catch from Rodgers down to the one. So you're showing me on tape that you have the ability to make those in-game adjustments. You just need to do it way more often because they're so good to start the game. But you saw a second quarter run that Matt LaFleur goes, wait, they're flowing way too much downhill towards the run. We got to make an adjustment. I'm just telling them, Matt LaFleur and that staff, you need to do that more often throughout the game. Consistency. Yeah. You need to see from that Packers offense. All right. On the other side of the equation. Mispractice today due to soreness and tightness in his back. Our week four Monday night matchup on AFC North Battle between the
pass has been stronger than just dropping back and, and, and find that rhythm. But I think it's, it does start with the offensive line. It always starts in the trenches. And, you know, we knew coming into the season that they didn't have the greatest offensive line. They were going to have to play well for the team to have a chance, and they haven't played that well to begin the year. Marcus, I, he says situational football. I hear, you know, we, or I think rookie head coach. How much of this is a factor of Freddie Kitchens learning on the job here? It has a lot to do with inexperience. We obviously know that, and Freddie alluded to the fact that Baker just finished his first season. And, look, I've been critical of Baker, and I'm not critical of Baker as a football player because you can get better. Reps help you with that over time. The things that I'm critical about is the, the loudness. Just paying attention. To say you're not paying attention to what people are saying publicly means you are paying attention to what people are but saying publicly. He was publicly. asked that. He was yeah, asked the that's, question. That's fine, Josina, but he has to understand that this type of stuff comes mm-hmm. with his personality and the things that he's been out front with. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody talks about last year and what Freddie Kitchens did and what Baker Mayfield did. There was zero pressure on them to have success last year. None whatsoever. Coming into this season, now everybody has to pay up. At some point in this league, you have to pay up. And I'm not saying that they can't. This team, they have enough talent to eventually be great. But you got to pay the piper in the NFL. It's coming for everybody. And the anomaly has been the New England Patriots. But for everybody else... These type of days are coming. How will you manage? They were playing with house money last year. There's no, there's no question. I mean, we we started the year talking about getting a free beer if you won a game. Well, yeah, he and, killed I mean, like, Hugh what, Jackson for not playing yeah. him. All of that stuff all, transpired last year. All that stuff. But JoJo, I know you've talked to people sort of in the mix here. What is the mindset? Uh, is it the same privately as it is publicly? No panic. Well, there, are, you know, people that I always kind of check in with. You know, a person in particular who will. Tell me what the unfiltered position is just behind the scenes. A couple things that I heard. One, they feel like they definitely let one uh, get away again. That was the first thing. The second thing that they said was with a lot of questions being, you know, should they change who's calling the plays, that being Freddie Kitchens. And I was actually surprised to hear the response be like, hell no. (laughs) No, we shouldn't change the play calling. They actually don't feel like it's the play calling. I said, well, why is that? They said that when they reviewed the film, that the film showed after watching run and pass plays that they felt like there were still plays where they could have gotten more yardage on those plays that were not as a result of the selection of the play call. And this person, trust me, would tell me if they thought that's what it was. Interesting thing that they did uh, point out is that they thought that the play at right guard is suspect. You know, not to call out that player, but I'm just telling you, you know, what I heard. They think they're having problems at right guard. Um, As far as Baker Mayfield, the way that it's being broken down to me is they feel like at times Baker Mayfield is getting too juiced, getting too hyped, and that they feel at times he also is having problems seeing over the offensive line. At the time that uh, Baker Mayfield was drafted, one of the things that general manager John Dorsey pointed out, he only had four batted passes when he was in college. Obviously, guys are taller and bigger um, in, in the NFL, and he's rolling out right a lot, rolling out right, even when he, the person was like, you know, you can feel like he, it's almost like he's feeling ghost, like getting hit a lot and then running out when he doesn't necessarily have to. So those are the, some of the things that I was hearing. Oh, all interesting stuff. Uh, and a win will help every single point we've made. So we'll see. <laughs>